Welcome to the Saints of San Francisco podcast, where we dive into work, faith, and fulfillment. This is a podcast for the modern Christian professional. I'm your host, Isaac Hall. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, Saints, uh, depending on when you're listening to this podcast. Uh, we're in the Finding Purpose Through Your Passions uh, series on the Saints of San Francisco podcast, where we discuss work, life, faith, and fulfillment. Today, we have a very special guest. I met this amazing individual, this superhero of a Korean gentleman uh, five years ago, uh, back when we went to a church called Sons and Daughters out in, uh, I, I would say Mission, Mission Petrero. No, no, not Petrero. It's like the Mission, right, Eric? Yeah, it's 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 in that Petrero area, yeah. Oh, Petrero. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Petrero. It was at an Italian nightclub, uh, surprisingly. But um, yeah, that's where I met Eric and Joanna. Saw them have their kid, and now she's grown. So I just was able to catch up with Eric and to have him on, honestly, because, uh, you know, Eric's been a superstar in what he's doing now currently in real estate and also has built a business uh, and um, did a lot of different types of work beforehand as well and come from, you know, Go Tritons, my alma mater, uh, UC San Diego. So, uh, Eric, welcome to the Saints of San Francisco podcast. Did you want to do a short intro for yourself, for our listeners? Wow, I don't know how to follow up with that. That 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 was a, a pretty big intro. I appreciate. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I mean it's 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 crazy, right? Because it's been what about four or five years at least um, when we first met uh, at Soda, and so <clears throat> yeah, um, you know I've been a resident here in the Bay Area my whole life. Um, moved away for a slight period to um, attend college, as as you said, UCSD. Um, came back and um, I've been here ever since, right? So I've been in the peninsula um, side of the Bay Area my whole life, born and raised. So this has always been home. And uh, yeah, as you mentioned, I've, I've kind of crossed a lot of paths in my <laughs> in my chapters and in career. But um, no, I thank you for that intro. And yeah, things are things are interesting. We're living in interesting times, but I feel like we're all very, very blessed to be healthy and um, kind of moving forward and hopefully having this pandemic behind us soon. Yeah, that's a great point. And uh, well spoken, Eric. Thanks for coming on to this podcast. And, you know, you talk about pandemic. And for me, I think the the pandemic and the subsequent quarantine is what was the catalyst for me to move uh, positions and go from one career path to a completely different career path. And a lot of folks also uh, lost their jobs due to the pandemic or looking to switch careers or go into different industries, especially in the Bay Area, people are picking up boot camps and design or in software engineering, developing um, to make a complete pivot. And, you know, change can be difficult, scary and uncomfortable. And, and so a lot of people want some kind of guidance or at least people's insights and two cents uh, in, in terms of what that journey has been like. And for you, you've been a financial advisor, an investment counselor, trader, business owner, uh, and now you're in the real estate game. So what were your motivations for your work transitions and how has your experience been so far? 
Yeah, no, that's a great question. It's a very deep question too, in the sense that it goes way back, right? Um, I think I think growing up as an Asian American, Korean American specifically as well, um, in our area, in our era, you know, our parents came here with little to nothing. And, you know, the story always is that, you know, they came here for, for more opportunity for not only themselves, but their children, right? And, you know, our family was no different. Um, but with that, I think culturally, we've all kind of have this familiar background and story with, you know, Asian American or Asian parents really kind of coming here, working hard, yeah. um, instilling that work ethic, but also kind of creating this stereotypical path that they want all of us to be on, right? Word. Is to truth. <laughs> is to you know study, 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 go through the schooling system, get into a really, really good university. Um, out here, it's it's Berkeley and Stanford. Like <laughs> that's always the the goal. Um, <laughs> and then move into a very kind of white collar corporate safe position right and so at an early age i think we were almost kind of um i don't know like positioned in that way in that mindset at an early age to achieve that path and so i was no different and um for some reason i always had this gravitation towards finance wall street business um, even at a pretty early age. And so I, I took that with kind of the path that my parents wanted to be on going through the schooling system and going into corporate. Makes sense. And yeah, I really pursued that. So, um, you know, I went to UCSD, got my degree in economics, and then jumped right into the world of, um, of finance. But at the time, that was in the financial crisis, right? And so... Um, <laughs> A kid coming straight out of college during that time, it was it was pretty tough, right? It was it was a rough market for a, a first time, um, you know, kid coming out of college looking for their career and starting their careers. And so most of the roles that were open uh, within finance were sales and service oriented roles, right? And so I started my career off um, selling insurance of all things, right? Wow. Life insurance and annuities and. Um, and so I did that for a very, very short time and quickly found out that's not necessarily what I want to do. And I don't think I'm going to get any momentum off of that. You know, a kid fresh out of college trying to talk to folks about potentially, you know, their death and life insurance, <laughs> is a very, very, very tough position to take. And so transitioned out of there and um, really wanted to get back onto the investment aspect of the business. Yep. And so, um, I got hired at a very boutique financial advisory firm where I got Series 7, Series 66 licensed and was kind of thrown into uh, the world of, of mutual funds, stocks and bonds and trying to um, get experience in that world, right? And so I did that for a little bit, moved into private banking and then ultimately ended up at a independent finance firm um, where I had various roles. And I think you know, I really was super focused on wanting to get out of sales and more into the front office um, with equity research, uh, working with portfolio managers. And so I was absolutely convinced. I said, I'm no longer going to be a sales guy, I'm not going to do anything <laughs> service related. I'm just going to be straight into the front office and work with you know, the guys that are picking stocks, right? And yeah. <laughs> I thought that was just super prestigious, right? And, and really cool. Um, so I, I worked years 
and try to create a path to get into those departments. And surprisingly enough, I did find some momentum there. But as I progressed towards those goals, I had multiple signs that I kind of ignored. And but finally, um, I realized it was it was kind of fighting an uphill battle. I, I, I noticed that I wasn't really enjoying the work. And I was incrementally getting those positions and opportunities. But each time that I would kind of move up and closer to those goals, I found myself less fulfilled mm. and finally realized that this probably isn't the path for me. Mm. And so, you know, I spent years and years and years trying to go down that road and um, just had, had this aha moment where I had to look myself in the mirror and, and say, well, I don't think this is exactly where I want to be in the next 10, 20, 30 years. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And then uh, long story short, that, that, I mean, I create, I was presented with an opportunity to segue out of corporate and start a small business. Um, and so at the time, all of my colleagues were like, you're crazy. What are you doing? You work so hard to get to where you are. Like, this is safe. This is the, this is why we, you know, went to school and what we do. Right. And, oh um, my gosh, yeah. and so that was, that was a huge transition, huge transition because, um, uh, I finally committed to it. I said, you know what, this is going to be my last, uh, several months. And then I'm going to give my notice and I'm going to go ahead and start this business. And that business was a small little coffee shop in, in downtown San Francisco. Yes. Um, and uh, for, for, for me at the time, I knew that that was going to be my kind of transition out of corporate. Yes. But I also knew that that would be just that, a temporary transition. And the bigger question was, well, what am I going to be doing long term? Mm. Right? Yeah. Um, and so we set up the coffee shop, did well our first year. And then uh, during that first year, decided to jump into real estate. So that was what, 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 you know, out of a few different things that were, I was thinking about, I decided on getting into real estate. I had some buddies at the time who um, were already in the, in the real estate industry and they were looking to actually expand. And so it kind of worked out as far as timing wise. Yeah. And so um, at the end of my first year with the coffee shop, I finally got licensed in my second year, which was 2018. Mm -hmm. My ownership of the coffee shop is when I transitioned fully into the real estate industry. Um, and then we kind of said bye-bye to the coffee shop after that second year. And uh, mm -hmm. it's been full-time real estate since. Oh, wow. Well, thanks for that. I think one big thing to note is the, the Asian American narrative and, the, and then, you know, us being pigeonholed into this idea of the white collar corporate job. And then you have friends that kind of, and family members who on the side, they, they have good intentions. They want what's best for you. But a lot of the times they give you mistaken advice of holding on to something with a poverty mindset instead of seeing what, the potentials could be over the horizon if you really follow your heart and your gut. Um, and I think that's kind of like what I resonate with you, Eric, is like, you know, spending all this time and money going into law and, you know, working at, you know, a, a decent tax consulting firm, so to speak, and then working there. And you're just like, I don't think God made me for this. Cause like, yeah. I mean, I could incrementally move up in 20, 30 years, but it's like one fulfilling two. Am I maximizing? my potential in, in 
my job and a lot of folks don't come to that realization like you said of like looking at themselves in the mirror it's like is this what i want to do for my whole life and then you're miserable for 40 years and then you get 10 years at the very end of your life enjoying the money that you've built otherwise yeah so i'm super happy that another korean brother was able to you know get out of that sheet pen as i call it of like you know listening to other people's advice about how you should be stewarding your life and then kind of stuck there just meandering but man that's that's a crazy journey real estate you know real estate is hot now eric because you know fed rates and rates in general have been at all-time historic lows for a long period of time and people say it's a seller's market and i'm just personally throwing around these words i have no knowledge or experience i just go on instagram and see my friends who are like i'm a pharmacist but now you know i work at berkshire hathaway part-time as a you know, real estate agent and you have like <laughs> home flippers and you know like all these things and so i mean you you've been doing really well uh and there's been a lot of momentum here so could you talk about your experiences just in real estate you got into it because some of your friends in the business were expanding and then you know, I'm sure you've gotten a lot of awards and you have your own team. So how's that experience been like for you in the Valley, just working in real estate? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I mean, and um, no, you already sound like a realtor. You're saying all the right things with interest rates. And, um, <laughs> oh my gosh. No, so you, you got that down. Um, that's a great question. Um, yeah, so uh, my, my buddy at the time, I had I've known him since high school um, and he had been in real estate for a handful of years at the time um, was looking to expand. And so the timing worked out in the sense that, you know, he, he wanted to bring some people on to kind of learn uh, the business as well and kind of help with some of his um, ongoing business. Right. And so that was a, that was my first decision, right. Was, okay, well, do I try and figure this out on my own or do I join a team and kind of, you know, accelerate the experience and accelerate the, the learning curve. And so I'm a big believer of, you know, mentorship and coaching and figuring out ways to learn and be more efficient quicker. Right. And so yeah. um, I opted for that option. And so um, I did about two years with, with that team and um, uh, about two, two and a half years actually. And so I'm going on almost a year now since I've broken off from that team. And, um, you know, I'm blessed to say that I, I now have a couple of, of folks working with me as well. And so we have our own separate team um, and things have gone really well. I mean, you know, I follow the markets, right? Uh, just because from my financial perspective and background as well. And, you know, I think we've been, we've been in this bull market for quite a while, right? I mean, technically, we saw the, the, the financial crisis of 2008. And since the recovery, it's just been a major, major appreciating market, right? And so from kind of a macro perspective, I've, I've kept on telling myself, well, I mean, we're pretty long in the tooth, right? And we should be seeing some level of correction um, in the overall markets, right? And yeah. every year I say that for the last few years, <laughs> it has not done that, right? The market continues to soar. Um, and I think one of the reasons... Um, that I think is contributing to that is exactly what you brought up, right? Isaac is, you know, artificially kind of keeping interest rates very, very low. So right now we're at historical low rates and that is always, always going to incentivize borrowing and purchasing, especially in the lending capacity for real estate. Right. And so um, that, and 
also what's super fascinating to me is that there should have been many instances in my personal opinion that should have actually started a correction potentially in the last several years and i think the most notable one was last year this time with the pandemic right um if there was one event that we could probably all agree upon that should or could have caused a major reaction in the markets um for a long-term kind of correction it should have been COVID. and um what's super weird is that yeah we did see that knee-jerk reaction when it first kind of hit the markets but then it recovered immediately thereafter um so it hasn't been an extended correction and certainly not a bear market right and so um in the world of real estate, what's super fascinating about that as well is that I think a lot of folks being stuck at home, working from home, spending most of their time at home now, have realized how important that space is, right? Not only as their safe haven, a place of residence, but now almost a place of work, um, place of leisure. Like you can't, we haven't been able to leave our homes so much, right? During the pandemic. And so I think that's really highlighted a lot of folks' appreciation and the need for more space or having a safe space, which is home. Um, and so you couple that with the low interest rates, and you know it's a it's a pretty solid recipe for the the markets to continue on. And we've seen that pretty aggressively, actually. 2020 and 2021 is shaping up to be very, very, very strong years in the market as far as real estate goes. Got it. Got it. And this may be an ignorant question, Eric, but do you kind of see trends back to, you know, the subprime mortgage issues back in 08, 09 and, and creating this, this bubble? And you mentioned that you expected a market correction, especially with the pandemic that hasn't happened yet. And now I think, you know, there's a lot of supply chain issues and, I heard lumber costs for housing is ballooning because, you know, you, you can't have these people at the mills and uh, working because not everyone had the vaccine. So that slows things down. And, um, you know, just in terms of logistics of getting the lumber to the right folks and, you know, the, the prices are inflating at an incredible rates. So, you know, there's like, I want to say cottage industries, but there's, you know, real estate has these network uh, networks in terms of the marketplace and what they indirectly and directly affect. So do you, do you see any changes in that in the near or far future, in your opinion? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think a lot of people, we all have recency bias, right? And so we automatically correlate when we say bear market or correction um, to the previous one, which was 2008. And um, that one was very interesting in the sense that that was actually caused by real estate and lending, right? Faulty lending and, and, and very loose guidelines yeah. um, that ultimately kind of ballooned that system up and, and the, that popped and it really kind of had major, major downstream effects. So that was actually really led by real estate or the industry of relating to real estate. Um, I think when, not if, but when the market shifts again, I don't necessarily think that it will be led by real estate this time, um, although we're seeing these crazy appreciating kind of prices, right? Um, and, and the major reason being because 2008, I mean, the guidelines were so loose with lending, which really kind of came back to bite everyone. Since then, there's been so much 
regulation in that process in the world of lending that right now actually lending is not so loose it's pretty stringent the guidelines are very tough so it's a very different market now right back then you could literally put zero down on a home and then buy several of those <laughs> that's not very healthy <laughs> in this market especially here in the bay area i mean it's not uncommon that people are putting a minimum of 20 percent down i see a lot of people put like 30 40 even 50 percent down let alone all cash so um you know people have a lot of equity here and um and because those guidelines for lending are much more stringent now i just don't think well, said another way, I think uh, I think the appreciation when it comes to real estate it actually has been somewhat healthy um, and a bit more organic than it was previously. Got it. Awesome. So, if there is going to be a correction, I mean, it's not going to be as drastic as you know a quote unquote bubble popping, and um, there's a, a lot of nuances that are different from the issues that we've had, the red flags from 0809 to to now, I really want to go back to that other question of, hey, the markets are looking good. You're probably making a lot of money, Eric. You're probably killing it in the game. People putting 30 to 40 or 50% down for a Silicon Valley home or Bay Area home. That's ridiculous. But I really liked hearing that piece um, of, you know, what it really means to be in real estate and to service folks that want to purchase a home because coming uh, out of the pandemic, I think people are still going to realize that the home means more than just a place where you sleep, right? It's, you know, you can have an office in there. You're spending a lot of time there. If something happens that's outside of your control, like, you know, the coronavirus, then you're, what you have control over is being inside of your home. And I think, you know, the concept of the home has drastically changed in the past year, year and a half. And you're responsible for, I think, this new status quo of folks realizing the importance of a home and what that means, you know, not just at an economic level of like being an investor or a buyer, but also the emotional, spiritual and mental impacts of that as well. So uh, I wanted to get into a little bit about finding you know, your, 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 your purpose through your passions and obviously your passions can change your craft can change, but a lot of folks these days don't find their passion purpose or both in their lifetimes. And like you said, sometimes they're, they have like golden handcuffs or they're very fearful of what other people think about them, you know, keeping up with the Joneses and, and trying to find that new hotshot career <laughs> product management, which is really hot right now. But uh, <laughs> yeah, with that said, I mean, there's so much to that, right? Purpose, passion, and then you add the intersectionality of, ta- you know, talent. It's like, you might have purpose, you might have passion in something, but you might not be talented in it. You know, just like kids trying to join the NBA and, you know, they put a lot of time and effort, but, you know, let's be honest, they're not even going to make it to the G League. So, you know, what's... Your experience being like, sorry, was that too savage? (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to be one of those parents of like, listen, (laughs) listen, Bobby, like, I know you love basketball and you're going to all these camps, but you're you're not going to become the next Jeremy Lin even. So I'm sorry, (laughs) but we we could get into that topic later too. But (laughs) 
Well, yeah, what's your experience been like just finding your niche? You've been succeeding in all of these transitions and, you know, bless, bless God. But what advice would you have for folks uh, looking for a new position or kind of like navigating internally like you did and finding your way eventually, you know, in this grand scheme of life and career, you've been able to be somewhere where you felt like you're providing a lot of value for customers. You're good at what you do and the culmination of your work before kind of like fit the bill in terms of the puzzles, uh, kind of like the puzzle pieces matching. So um, any advice for folks on that? Yeah. um, It's just, it's super funny when I look back at all the different experiences that I've gone through and all the career changes that I've gone through and how each transition, each step of the way was, it wasn't extremely challenging to, to, to leap in at the time. Of course, it's always scary. And of course, you always have some level of doubt. But for me personally, I feel very blessed in the sense that I think everything happens for a very specific reason. And, and for, for me, I don't ever question God's timing and God's opportunities that get presented. And obviously, you know, for me, it was that <clears throat> self-reflection, right? And, and, and figuring out what do I want to do long-term or what am I not so good at as opposed to decent at and kind of coming to terms with that. And then at that point, embracing it, right? Because I think I, I have gone through this whole chapter of my career where I was kind of fighting against what I feel like I was supposed to be doing. Right. And so it just didn't feel right. I felt like there was always friction during that period. But once I started leaping into different roles, um, taking that leap of faith along with it, it just felt, it felt more right. Like it felt like, even though I didn't have extreme clarity sometimes along the way, yeah, it just felt like it was supposed to happen, if that makes sense. And so when I look back on my journey, like I think every element of my experience has helped me very, very specifically for what I'm doing now, every step of the way, which is quite cool to realize. Um, and so, yeah, being blessed now in a crazy industry <laughs> in real estate, um, you know, some of the most competitive, right? And kind of cutthroat, if you will. Um, Very hard to break into. Um, But yeah, I I think I feel extremely grateful for not only the opportunity to do what we do in the market that we're in, um, but also just having that purpose, right? Why are we really doing this? And what I enjoy most about it and that I don't take for granted one second is that we're, we're truly we have the we have the privilege to to be a part of you know oftentimes someone's biggest purchase right and a home just means so much nowadays as you alluded to and that we talked about previously it's not only a good investment per se but a place to live but it also kind of symbolizes safety roots being grounded um comfort right and when we think of home you just feel safe, right? You feel security. And so it symbolizes so much. And because it has so much deep meaning, it it makes it even that much more impactful and special that we're able to kind of help clients 
and people achieve securing that type of sense of security or a good investment or whatever it may be to them, right? But it symbolizes so much. And, and for, for us to have the honor to kind of help navigate the markets and help achieve some of those goals, it's, 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 it's amazing, right? Like, I mean, that's something that I will never, ever, ever take for granted. And we treat every single client the same in the sense that <clears throat> this is a huge priority and we feel honored to be a part of it, right? And so that's, that's what's really, really cool about what we do is, um, you know, we have to be almost like, like very intimately involved in, in, in the process. And so we become very close uh, in understanding what our clients are looking to do and trying to help them achieve that. Wow. Yeah. I, I think you just have to take a step back to understand what this means for a lot of folks. And I think you mentioned like, it's their biggest purchase of their life. Yeah. I mean, unless you're like Mark Zuckerberg and you're buying like islands off, off of Hawaii, but like, you know, it's like you're, you guys aren't just real estate agents, realtors. You guys are like live consultants pretty much. And um, there is this intimate relationship being built because you're kind of consulting them, you know, in, in a very sensitive, very meaningful part of their life. Um, and then one of my best friends uh, is a recent home buyer back at home uh, in Chatsworth. And, you know, that symbolism of roots, of, of, of starting the new chapter of his life with his fiance together, it, it just, it has more meaning than just dollars and, 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 and the markets and, and the numbers behind that. So, uh, you know, I can't resonate with that uh, yet since I'm not a home buyer and I have five dollars and some lint to my name. But you know, hopefully, my my late stage startup blows up and uh, I make a few quick bucks from from the equity here. Um, but otherwise, I probably won't be able to buy a home in the valley. <laughs> um, uh, Eric, uh, just a really quick question, um, taking us off the serious note, the serious path. Um, I have, you know, I'm not going to name anyone, but there are a lot of folks um, and, and folks get, making a lot of good money of like doing real estate on the side, you know, this whole process of, hey, just you could get a real estate license. You could watch like Stephen Graham on YouTube and kind of learn and, and have a full time job uh, and then do real estate on the side. How is that? Is that even a viable thing? Why do people do that? And why has that become such a hot trend. I know everyone's like investing in homes. That's, that's huge for your portfolio. And, you know, you know, you want to have like income producing assets and, you know, renovate and rent out your home or put it on B and B. What do you think about these folks in the sub market that's being created? Yeah, that's, that's a cool question. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, I, I guess, I guess one word comes to mind, I think, to kind of describe that, right, is FOMO, right? Think about FOMO, right? I mean, seriously, because um, when you look at when you look at what's going on in the markets, like the, the stock market, the capital markets, right? People are making insane money right now with, with crypto or super speculative kind of companies and stocks and, and different types of positions. And like everyone, like the whole Robin Hood retail investor standing up and making this huge splash um, in the last year, right, is that everyone wants to be an investor now, right? And it's 
what, what people used to tell me is that it's, it's very easy to be a successful investor when the markets are appreciating, right? It's, it's very hard to miss. Um, and so people are piling in because they all want a piece of it, right? So now everyone and their moms are like these options traders nowadays, right? People are all trading options and they're like crypto investors. And, you know, it's, um, it's interesting because everyone's piling in. And I, I think real estate is not terribly different from that. I mean, it's that FOMO mindset, right? So people, you know, watch million dollar listing or they see all these fix and flip type shows on HGTV and they're like, I'm going to be an investor. or <laughs> Right. And so they go out there they get licensed and they're like, I'm going to just do this on the side. I have my corporate gig and I'm going to, I'm going to flip a house here and there and I'm going to sell a house to my friends and family and I'm going to make a ton of money and it's going to be great. <laughs> that typically doesn't work very well. Uh, <laughs> and I'm just being brutally honest, right? Cause you know, I, I know a lot of agents at this point and you know, it's a tough industry, right? Like it's a very small, tiny rather percentage of, of realtors that, that, that tend to actually even stick around and remain in the industry after the first few years, let alone the ones who do, even then it's still a very, very small percentage of the remaining agents that are actually doing well yeah right so it's it's tough it's a really kind of top heavy industry as far as you know real estate agents right and um you know going into it with the the mindset of oh i'm going to do this kind of casually or or on the side or i think there's a misperception of how easy it could be right the whole industry of real estate because Um, Hollywood or, or, or shows just kind of, you know, they don't show the behind the scenes type stuff and, and how much work that goes into it. Yeah. Um, but again, FOMO. So, I mean, everyone's gotten licensed recently. Everyone's trying to, you know, dabble and get their feet wet with whether selling real estate or investing in real estate. Um, but it could be really tricky because just like traders, everyone becoming traders in the stock market, you know, you make that one bad trade and, and you could, you could wipe out. Right. And so it's the same thing with, you know, flipping homes or becoming investors in that capacity of real estate. Um, and when selling real estate, oh boy, it's, it's not, <laughs> <laughs> it takes quite a bit of work. Um, but yeah, that's an interesting question because I think uh, everyone wants to be a part of something like, especially if there's momentum and growth and um, opportunity, right? Cause yeah. it just offers so much opportunity. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think if someone's extremely passionate and like compelled to move into the world of real estate, yeah. probability and just off of my own personal experience um, would say that you have to go all in just like anything else. I think you have to be 1000% all in in order for you to position yourself for success whether it's real estate or anything else, but it couldn't be any more true when it does come to real estate because the numbers are just not conducive to, to someone thinking that they could come and do this casually at a successful rate. Yeah, those are some great points. And I think, you know, a lot of people have it at home. A lot of people don't learn uh, from people telling them or, or understanding this very simple concept of like, the more you put in, the more you get out. And a lot yeah. of times and bull markets you think you're doing well and you know Buffett's investing advice is you know spot on of like hey if you know everyone's trying to get into it then you should kind of check on what's going on before 
you invest and people are afraid and there's not a lot of movement there, then maybe that's when you should take a look to see if, sh- if you should invest. And I think that applies in real estate too. And, you know, it's just human beings were never me- meant to multitask. And if you do multitask, then, you know, there, there's going to be some losses there in terms of how am I going to get better at my craft and be at the top of my industry, especially one that's so competitive. So not to rag on any of my friends who want to go in and, you know, start an investment portfolio or work on houses or, you know, flip homes, especially if they have a compelling reason to, but, you know, I think we're beating a dead horse here of like, Hey, if you're serious about real estate, get into the game, put your mind to it thousand percent. And, um, you know, if you're doing something on the side, then no judgments there, but, all's all's we got to say is FOMO. FOMO. I'm just going to say that word. (laughs) People were like talking to me. It'll be our inside thing. And if they mention stuff, I'll be like FOMO. Like what does that have to do with anything? And I'll be like, I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Don't get me wrong too. And I think again, you know, even people just dabbling into various opportunities, you're going to find some success. You're going to get some wins, right? But that could also be a little bit misleading in the sense of, well, is it this easy all the time? No, probably yeah. not. And you're, you're, you know, most people will find that out very, very quickly. Um, there's just, uh, there's a ton of opportunity, but it doesn't come without its challenges and, and you can never replace the the, the hustle and, and work that goes into it, you know? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Gosh, I mean, we've been talking for a while now, Eric, and um, I guess I wanted to go into more informal things uh, in the last couple of minutes. Uh, thank you so much for your time, by the way, Eric, for coming on. I know that you have a wife and a kid and you're running this business in, you know, a very, very interesting time for real estate and just the global economy uh, itself. But with all of the noise that's going on, the successes and the wins and, and uh, you know, pandemic, quarantine, how's it been just for yourself with your wife and kid? You know, what's been the most bif- difficult? What's been the biggest blessing in 2020, moving into 2021 and, you know, like, how's your relationship been like with God of like praying and, and and kind of helping him lead the way in terms of stewarding uh, your, your family, your work uh, and yourself as well, moving forward. Great question. Yeah. I mean, I think so many people were challenged with COVID, right? Everyone was impacted, but a lot of people were challenged with ongoing kind of, misfortune right um and uh it's been it's been tough for us too um i think you know having a sense of community seeing people um and doing life with people face to face physically is just so so important and that's the one thing that i miss absolutely most right is being able to you know take my family to church every sunday and you know, have a sense of connection, right, with our brothers and sisters. And that gives us so much um, core grounding, right? And, and, and always kind of reminds us of what, you know, our priorities are, right? It's God, family, and, and relationships, right? Those are the things, those are the pillars that, that are most important. And so well, it's always a good reminder, right? And so, you know, with that, I think <clears throat> our daily lives are just so so filled and so quick right i mean i feel like everyone especially living in our area 
um, get really caught up with the grind, the day-to-day hustle, right? And uh, keeping up with the Joneses and making sure that you're building and growing and accumulating and, and, you know, just having that grit and hustling. Um, It's very fast paced here. And so, you know, I'm a, I'll be the first to admit, I get, I get very much consumed by that on a regular basis as well. And so um, having constant reminders from my beautiful wife, Joanna, all the time, telling me that I need to take some time off and um, really be engaged and be present um, is a great reminder. Um, Having good friends like you, um, inviting me onto this type of podcast and for us to just connect and, and, and chat, right. And, and catch up. These are the little pauses and reminders that, that definitely help along the way. Right. Cause otherwise I'm, I'm one of those guys that I just get hyper, hyper fixated in, in, in tunnel vision on, on goals. Right. And yeah. I just, I, I, I don't like to deviate. I'm very obsessive about that type of stuff, but it's also, yeah. it's also my downfall. Right. Because, because then, you know, there's other areas of life that take a hit and that we have to sacrifice. So, you know, having good people around me to keep me accountable and remind me constantly about, you know, I hate this word, but balance, right. Is, is, <laughs> um, is so important, right. Because it's really hard to, to, to balance life with, um, with work. Right. But I yeah. think it's always a, a constant challenge that we're pushing towards, um, especially, you know, in our careers and our kind of stages of life. Right. And so, um, that's the type of stuff that I'm always working towards. I mean, of course we're very driven on the business front, but you know, our main priorities should always be our family and relationships and, 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 and God. Right. And I think, um, taking pauses to realize that is extremely important. So, um, with COVID, we're not able to, you know, go to church and, and, and have that sense of community. So, I mean, one thing that I've, you know, really helped myself keep myself accountable and kind of stay connected is every morning just kind of going through QT and um, jotting down my, my my gratitudes, right? And I think that just kind of sets the right mindset and sets the right kind of reminders for me throughout the day as I go through the rat race and as I go through the grind um, because I think it's so important to remind yourself in, in various ways. Wow. Man, those are honestly like good high level stuff and also granular stuff about personally what you do and some good tips and tricks there for folks. Um, wow. Awesome. I'm, I'm just thinking about that too, because, you know, like 99, we have our morning declarations where you could read over, you know, to, to have perspective before you start your day. And, you know, uh, it's a little bit, you know, outdated, but I remember the first time reading Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill of like, you know, have something set, whether it's like gratitude or your goals or whatever it is to kind of, you know, set the perspective for your day and then kind of like consistently do something in the morning where you're detached from the rat race, so to speak, the day to day um, to understand like why, why the hell you're doing this and what it's all for and instilling and driving those core values before you get into the nitty gritty stresses uh, of life. So, I mean, I'm, I'm just blessed, man, to, to have you on board for this podcast and uh, hopefully you can, you know, take some time away from your busy schedule for you to have an excuse for us to go to the range or like drink whiskey and just hang out and take a breather. But, um, yeah, had you on for a while, Eric, any last words for our saints, our listeners today who's listening in? 
No, I mean, yeah, I just appreciate the invite. Uh, I feel honored to have uh, this opportunity to chat with you and, and speak to you and the listeners. And um, it's always it's always cool to see my brothers and sisters um, doing big things and building big things and momentum. And uh, um, I dig it. I, I love what you're doing with this podcast and um, bringing the real world um, collectively to kind of talk about different experiences and different backgrounds and um, really creating a connection right within a community. So um, thank you for, for what you're doing and, and, and putting. Hey Saints, thanks for tuning in. We'll be releasing episodes on the first three Saturdays of every month. See you soon.